episode six of Pop with Ken Mills and Courtney Dold. The Love Boat, Weird Songs, The Lovely Susie Henschel from the Daddy Love Me podcast, and more like a new Cheap Trick song. concert <laughs> i should be beaten with a bat for that no no Terrible. one should be beaten no one needs to nig a nerf it. bat a nerf bat even that would hurt nobody <laughs> needs to negan it up nobody welcome welcome to pop your pop culture podcast there's no need to negan anybody ah uh, ah uh. so anyhow what that? what'd you say negan what does that mean? Negan to Negan, someone in The Walking Dead. There's a character named Negan, and uh-huh. in the uh, oh, opening with the episode, bat with the spikes. Yeah, he. I get it. He Negan somebody. So it's uh, now become a thing where people are referring it to as Neganing someone, or I'm going to straight up Negan you. Okay. Very grisly. Very grisly. Yes, but, I can imagine. But here we are, back for another pop. A pop culture podcast. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today, and I'm joined by Courtney Cronendold. Hello, everybody. It's so good to be in your ears, and uh, welcome. Th- thank you, thank you for having us in your subconscious, right, Courtney? Yes, thanks for listening. We've gotten some great responses from from old friends and new, and it's been really fun hearing from everybody. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Today we will be speaking about The Love Boat. That's our main topic today, and we'll be joined by the lovely Susie Henschel from the Daddy Love Me podcast. She's a very funny comedian, and she just does some great work over at the Daddy Love Me podcast. She'll be joining us later in the show. Looking forward to that. And we actually got a bumper from somebody. A new one? Yeah. This is, believe it or not, Ricky Rocket from Poison. Check this out. Yo, what's poppin'? This is Ricky Rocket from Poison and the Devil City Angels, and you are listening to Pop with Ken and Courtney. How cool is that? That was pretty cool. Ricky was always my favorite when uh, Poison first came out. I was like, he is cool. And then mm-hmm. during interviews and stuff, he just seemed like the cool one. Right. It seems like it seems like Ricky Rocket and Chips Enough could be like half brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Chips Enough is like if Ricky Rocket and CeCe DeVille made Sweet Love, they would have a child that would be Chips Enough. <laughs> okay, but CeCe's too short. You got to add some tall jeans in there because Chip is pretty tall. Right, right, right. So there you go. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you for doing that, Ricky Rocket. We appreciate it. And so listen to Ricky Rocket. He, he knows the, the, the coolest pop culture podcast to listen to, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. And we should say Poison's on tour right now. Yes, Poison is on tour, and they're opening up for Def Leppard. And Tesla's on the bill as well, so that's a pretty good triple threat. It's going to be so good. I'm going to go in July. I think it's July when they're here. I'm going to definitely go. Excellent. The other day, I threw up something on the Facebook page. And it was a graphic that said, what is the weirdest song you have ever heard? And what I meant by weirdest song was, I'm not talking about like something like by Wesley Willis or something that was 
on a B-side that was never released on anything, anywhere, you know, stuff like that. We're talking about stuff that was actually released, okay? Uh-huh. And and we, we got some interesting responses. Like me, I threw up Barbie Girl, which, oh, I, you know, yeah. some people throw up from hearing that song anyway, but that was yeah. such a bizarre song. Hiya, Bobby. Hi, Ken. You want to go for a ride? Sure, Ken. Jump in. I'm a Bobby girl in the Bobby world. Life in plastic, it's fantastic. You can brush my Yeah, it was. It was fun, but it was uh, kind of annoying. It's weird. When I was working as a bouncer slash DJ at this club, I I got into some really horrible music just because when you hear like the music played with like a huge sound system and pretty girls dancing to it, it, it seems to make everything okay. Yeah. Like there's a few songs like that. Uh, Barbie Girl was in that same time as was Hey Macarena. I Ugh, right? God, I hated that song. Um, I hated that. I hated Ma- I hated Mambo Number no. Five. Mambo Number no. Five. I can't listen to any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just I want to like blow up my radio. Remember that one? How bizarre! How bizarre! I hated that song too. <laughs> there were so many awful songs in the '90s that made me just want to put my foot through a wall. I couldn't handle it. I just can't listen to that stuff. The weird thing is, is I love each and every one of those ones. Oh, Ken! No, but I really do love them, and I think it's 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 kind of like a a thing where I was trained that like really cool bass and a loud system and pretty girls dancing to them. It's just kind of it it makes me feel good every time I hear it, you know. But Barbie Girl is one of those songs and how bizarre is one of those songs but there's there's a lot of them like for example fred velez mentions what's the new mary jane by the beatles which is one of the weirdest things i've ever heard in my life but mm-hmm. uh, i'll play a tiny bit of that okay what a shame mary jane had to pay the party Like to be married with Yeti. He grooving such cookie spaghetti. She jumping as Mexican bean to make that her body more thin. What a shame Mary Jane had a pain at the party. What a shame Mary Jane, what a shame Mary Jane had a pain at the party. No one should have to listen to the whole thing. On the other hand, there are people that absolutely love them, right? Right, right. Exactly. Mark Konzorowski writes, I made the mistake once of listening to the other half of Double Fantasy. Ouch. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Mark. He's always one you can count on. Fred Velez. It was a single fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> not a double fantasy, but a it single fantasy. <laughs> Tavia Zaldivar writes Mac the Knife. Now, you know that song, right? Of course. It is It is kind of weird when you think about how big that song is and how well it's known, but it's it's really about, like, a guy with a knife and a lot of very uh, horrible things about a guy Suki killing Tadri, a woman. Suki Tawdry, Jenny yeah. Diver. So, you know, it's, it's a song about uh, 
keeping people in line and killing them. It's kind of Jack the Ripper-ish, if you will, you know? Yeah, it is. It's it's strange because I've heard Bobby Darren, he had a huge hit with that, Sinatra, a bunch of people cut that song. It was just a kind of a weird song, and I told Tavia that once I heard someone, uh, a Dracula sang it. Like, there was some record I had, it had Dracula singing Mac the Knife. It went something like, Oh, the shark bites with his teeth, dear. Oh, and he shows them pearly white. So it, it was, yeah. Oh, well, as a matter of fact, here it is. I just found it. This is Gene Moss and Fred Rice with Dracula's Greatest Hits. Gosh, this, this cover really takes me back. <laughs> I wonder if anyone remembers this from back in the day. I uh, also did a really interesting version of a song called I Want to Bite Your Hand, which was kind of the Beatles thing. So I'm going to play this right now. Oh, the vampire has sharp teeth, dear, and he shows them pearly white. Oh, he sleeps all day long, dear, but he comes out every night. Shoot, when that bat bites with his teeth, dear. Scarlet pillows, they never spread. Cause old Count Dracula is so thirsty that there's never a trace of red. In a coffin every morning lies a body cold and still. Sounds like the musical at the end of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yes. Awful Dracula musical. (laughs) But it's supposed to be awful, which which makes it awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Mark Jones wrote Give Me That Thing, which was by the Pipkins. And that was a song that was, if I remember the early 70s, and it was kind of bizarre, it was all about Gimme That Thing. Oh, that's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue, cause I can't do the boogaloo, I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing, and that's why I sing, Gimme, Gimme That Thing. Gimme That, Gimme That, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme That, Gimme That Thing, Gimme That, Gimme That, Gimme, could actually explain what it was, especially to mm-hmm. a little kid riding his bike back then, but uh, there you go. Some of these are going into Dr. Demento territory, right? Right, 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 right. Right. So, yeah. so we're really looking for, like, the weird songs. Let's say Elton John did something that was really right. bizarre. That's kind of what I'm looking at. I've got something for you. What was it? Split or- Ends did a 
really, I mean, <laughs> it's not really a stretch saying Split Ends did a weird song because right. they did a lot of weird songs. <laughs> this one song is pretty pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Mostly, mostly the, the the bridge is the middle eight, as we learned from a person who will remain nameless now but will be featured later in the future sneak preview. Don't mm-hmm. want to give away too much, but it's just so odd. But I still like the song because the chorus is fun, but... It's just a weird song. It's called Frenzy, which is the title track from their Frenzy album. Well, let's check a little bit of that out right now. So here, I'll just play the part for you. That's it. Yeah, that is uh, very odd. Very weird uh, middle section there. That's uh-huh. very much influenced your comedy style, the Cookie Monster vocal <laughs> thing that you Yeah, do. maybe. You know, now it all comes full circle. Wow. I would like to give special mention to Jennifer Rainier. She writes, half of my record collection is made up of weird music. And I would I would probably identify with that as well. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, you mentioned one song that uh, was very weird for you, and it was a huge hit, Blinded Me With Science. Oh, I, I don't like that song. It's scary. The, it's the, the guy's voice screaming science. That used to scare me. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have to do a whole segment someday on songs that scare us. Yeah, that song freaked <laughs> me out as a kid. Well, that's all it really had to be is something weird. So there you go. Weird songs. Let us know on Facebook or one that that really struck you as weird. Today on Pop, we'll be talking about The Love Boat. And it's exciting and new. So here we are. Come aboard. We're expecting you. (laughs) But before that, listen to this fake ad. Oh, here it comes. Another day. Watch out, boy, she'll chew you up. Are you ready to face the morning? Are you ready to take the day? You will be, once you have a nice hearty bowl of Hollin' Oats breakfast cereal. You'll be hauling ass with Hollin' Oats. From the same duo who brought you all those wonderful tasty hits in the 80s, a delicious breakfast cereal. If you're a family man and you need energy to deal with the day, it's Holland Oats breakfast cereals. And don't forget our Holland Oats granola bars. You'll be hauling ass with Holland Oats. Hi, this is Susie Henschel from the Daddy Love Me podcast, and you're listening to Pop, the Pop Culture Podcast.
So today, Courtney, we are looking at one of the most beloved shows in all of TV history, and it's one of your personal favorites, correct? Yes, it is. The Love Boat. Love the Love Boat. Well, let's get a little history out of the way here. The Love Boat, for those who didn't know, is an American television series based on a cruise ship which aired on the ABC television network from May 5, 1977 until May 24, 1986. And I'm going to tell you, when I read that, mm-hmm. I was shocked to find out that it lasted that long. I know. Well, they did that new Love Boat series it was a little more updated and then they would actually travel to like different countries and shoot on location and Mm -hmm. it probably should have ended then because there were too many episodes of you know tv actors with bad accents and real couples pretending to fall in love on the show and it just got really hokey i thought towards the end not like it wasn't a little hokey in the beginning but it was fun hokey right good hokey but yeah when they added the uh what are the dancing girls called? The mermaids. When, the when mermaids. they had the mermaids for the uh, musical numbers, it mm-hmm. was yeah. Then it was it was time to say goodbye to the love boat. I know. Well, the show basically resolves around the ship's crew and captain, and the captain's played by Gavin McLeod, of course. And there's always a set of three different storylines going on in every episode, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yes, there are. And it pretty much anybody that was anybody was on this show at some point. And yeah. it was kind of like a nexus, uh, you know, that th- there's that like game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? Yes. How you can like tie everybody together through Kevin Bacon. Well, this is another one of those things, Six Degrees of Love Boat. Sonny Bono was probably my favorite guest star because he played Deacon Dark which right. was a Kiss-type character, which we referenced in our episode zero. And, you know, the more I think about it, the love boat may have prophesized the Kiss cruises and, you know, those kind of cruises where you now have, like, a Rick Springfield cruise or a, an oldies cruise or something like that. They were doing it way back then. That's true. They were. They had Do- uh, Deacon Dark and Donny Osmond and uh, Jimmy Osmond was on a few times mm-hmm. playing pop pop stars that happened to be performing on the ship. And I always love how when it's and I know it's a TV show and we don't have all that time, but it would be like, all right, and now for your musical act. And they would sing one song. Yeah. And that's it. Concert's over. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I, I like, always love that. We, we went all these hundreds of miles, went out to sea, and you're going to sing one song. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. I love how they put Donny Osmond's character like in the corner of the pool deck. I'm like, nobody puts Donny in the corner. Well, they it's did like, on the love boat. What's he doing over there? He's under like this weird wicker, like a cabana. Yeah. But it's just like, what's he doing out there? This is a huge ship. He's the only entertainment. And he's in the corner of the pool deck. I think it's because there were a lot of people in that storyline because it was like his whole family mm-hmm. that he was that he was ashamed of because they were from the south right and and you know they embarrassed him he didn't you know want everyone to know that that was his family i always loved those storylines that were just so awful mm-hmm. like not awful like bad storylines like they were interesting but just super awkward and uncomfortable <laughs> Well, often the the show would have one set of people who were going through a divorce or a bad relationship, and 
by the end they would find love on the love boat for one another once again and right and and so it was things like that and i always felt that this was like the good version of fantasy island because fantasy island was the same exact thing three different set of people come on to the island or in this case the boat and their dreams all come true by the end of it and yes you know back when you could solve all your problems in a half an hour or an hour you know those were the days right well yes and the thing that always got me was it's a cruise you know to acapulco most of the time that's where they go Mm -hmm. and um you know that cruise is what five days six days i mean maybe it was a week back then you know so basically it's one week okay Mm -hmm. so you're on a cruise for a week and by the end of the week you've and she's agreed to be my wife. Like, at the, at, <laughs> like by the third day, people are like, I've never loved anyone as much as I love you. It's like, you just met. Right. You right. just met. Or people would, like, end a marriage over, like, one, you know, it's like, I think it's time for this to, you know, and it'd be like, you've been on the boat for, like, two days. Give it a, give it a little time, you know. And I realize that's the show, but it was a little unrealistic with the marriage proposals. Right. Like, there, were, there were a lot of A them. lot of them. And also some of the pairings of people cracked me up. Like the one that you posted, Lonnie Anderson pretending to be her own assistant. Right. And she had this awful accent that went from like British to Southern to Midwestern. I could not figure (laughs) out what it was. Yeah, she couldn't figure out what was going on. She couldn't pick an accent. She just kept changing it. It's kind of funny. I mean, maybe she did different accents during different takes and they just said fuck it in editing editing and just put them together could be just said forget it I, it could be but i just love how she, you know she, it's lonnie anderson with glasses and a wig but it's just like it's still how do you miss not mistake those lips and that that figure right you know it's like oh you're her nerdy geeky assistant you know i <laughs> i like you better it's just that i love it when when um or when people played their own doppelganger right you well, know we'll get into that yeah and as one of the captains here on the ship, we'd like to welcome aboard to the good ship Pop. You want to introduce her, Courtney? Yes. Writer and actress and podcaster extraordinaire, Susie Henschel from the Daddy Love Me podcast at Geek Nation. Hi, Susie. Hi, guys. Can you guys call me Charo for the rest of this appearance? <laughs> Coochie I'd like Coochie. to be the Charo of this, of this group. Definitely. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're all right. In Angelina Patricia Ruiz Inez Lopez, as her character was on her first episode. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, we're so glad you're here. We're going over a little bit of our general thoughts about the love boat. You know, how how did you find the love boat? How did it come on your radar? Uh, It came on my radar as a young child because if memory serves, and I was going to ask you guys this, wasn't love boat on Friday or Saturday night followed by Fantasy Island? Yes. It was like a it was like an hour of escapism. And so I think I was I mean, I was really little. The theme song is one of my earliest memories. Uh-huh. Remember in the in the early ones it was like real kitschy and fast and then the eighties it got kind of sexier. Well, of course. It's got yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, Ken, was Fantasy Island on after? I feel like it was. I yeah, feel like it was. There there was a time and then they split them when they got stronger. You know, it was one of those situations. Yeah, because the concept of the show was like all these guest stars living out weird fantasies and destinations. Mm-hmm. And that that's what I said earlier. To me, it this seemed like the good, ver- you know, like, for example, you have the Beatles and the Stones, right? Like, people will compare them as the good boys and the bad boys, right? <laughs> 
the the love boat was the good version of fantasy island which mr rourke kind of always creeped me out i you didn't know if he was an angel a devil or what because that show could get all twilight zony on you you know what I mean? yes it could fantasy yeah. island got um it got kind of like pagan it got a little occultish <laughs> not gonna lie yeah tattoo like tattoo come on it, it got hey, weird boss. hey boss the plane the plane boss <laughs> Wait, which one of you was that? That was, I am Courtney. I'm doing no, this. No, no, that's, that's Ken. Yeah, Ken that's does actually. the impressions on this show, no. not me. I only do one. I do Vinnie Vincent. But, but Courtney's made a, a great impression on me. So that's that's the good Aww. thing, right? <laughs> so to me, I always felt like you didn't know what the hell was going on over on Fantasy Island. But we knew that uh, Captain Merle Steubing was a good guy, right? Yeah. Merle, yeah, Merle Steubing had demons, though. He you did? Know? Like he what? Was, well, I mean, he, first of all, his, sh- I always kind of gauged where he was at by how sh- tight his shorts were. <laughs> um, you know, his, his weight, the, the, the fluctuation was always interesting because they wouldn't adjust his shorts if he put on like 20 pounds. So his shorts would get really tight and ill-fitting. And he was always, he was always a little bit like he he was stern and I mean, Merrill was going through a divorce, you know, in the early ones, he was a divorce captain and mm. yeah, that's right. Always, always tan. And he tried to kind of be stern with his crew, but he wanted to be warm, but he struggled with it. I don't think I've analyzed it enough. <laughs> well, you need to analyze it short. Oddly enough, you've pretty much described the exact outfit I'm wearing for this broadcast. Really? <laughs> yes. So, and I actually have one of those flotation devices with me as well. So That's good. So the, you're safe. Yeah, the SS Pop. So there we are. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, this show, it started out as three made-for-TV movies, right? Which is hard to believe that it, it took them three tries to, to realize what magic they had. They were all very highly rated. And the Love Boat movies were based on a nonfiction book, Love Boats by Geraldine Saunders, a real-life cruise director. Oh. Did you know that? I did not. I didn't didn't know there was a real Julie. Yeah, so there you go. And, of course, the executive producer for this series was Aaron Spelling. And he was the man when it came to TV, right? Oh, oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. But uh, so, so we've got the main cast. And let's kind of go through and get your thoughts both of you on on your thoughts on the main cast. Of course, we have our intrepid captain Gavin McLeod <laughs> as Captain Merrill Steubing. Yes. He was very uptight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, His shorts were tight. His yep. shorts were snug. Yeah. Snug shorts, which might have been a nickname back in Captain School. Old uh, yeah. Snug Shorts <laughs> McGee over they here. Him that in Captain School. <laughs> At the Academy. <laughs> but just as Star Trek had its, uh, for Captain Kirk, you had Mr. Spock and Bones and Scotty. Our good Captain Merrill Steubing had quite the cast. And the other side of the intrepid captain who's very uptight was Bernie Coppell as Dr. Adam Doc Bricker. He was the ship's doctor. And I always... <laughs> the ship's Lotharia. Yeah, he was yeah. always zooming chicks all the time. And mm-hmm. I think he had blondes my, only. Yeah, blondes. He had a big thing for blondes. I also think he had a little bit of the drinky winky problem. I think oh. I think he liked to party for sure. Yeah. Which was which was scary, you know. I feel like uh, the ship's doctor should probably be sober the whole time. I but, would feel more comfortable. Valium for everyone. He drank a lot. I, 
I feel like there was a lot of play and not a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and who's also, driving and, the ship? I mean, yeah. Captain Steubing was never, ever. No, he, the, was, he was always at his special captain's table. Yeah. Right. He's driving. Who knows who's driving? As a matter of fact, a kiss reference, who steers the ship through the stormy seas? Well, who's the first mate? You know, like, there was never anyone else on the bridge introduced into the show. I think there was, like, maybe one other time there was, like, another captain Mm -hmm. or something. But, like, there was no other um, staff from the bridge except Captain Steubing. But I realize why they did that. They had one person from each department, you know. You know, you mentioned the uh, captain situation. Gavin McCloud was not the captain in the first two TV movies. However, when McCloud's character was introduced, there was mention of him being the new captain. So he was just coming on in those TV movies. So it was a new it was a new thing for him. I couldn't picture anybody else. I thought he was great. I just picture him as Captain Steubing. I believed every word he said, mm-hmm. except some of his love interests. Some of the women that they would pair him with, I'm just like, Captain Steubing would never drop trowel for that woman. He would yes. never drop trowel for Donna Mills. No, he <laughs> Well, Donna Mills, sure. No, he would, but not Donna Reed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a guy at sea. Never there underestimate, you, That's That's you know, true. Uh, a woman in every port, right? So, Donna, woman... can you please get some scissors to help me get off these shorts? <laughs> Help me tear me out of these shorts, Donna. Sew me into my shorts. I hit the buffet. I hit the buffet too hard last night, <laughs> and it's hitting back. And of course, we had. This is just a weird thing, and I still think it's weird. Fred Grandy as Burl Gopher Smith, Yeoman Purser, from yeah. seasons one through nine, and he later wound up, as weird as it sounds, the Gopher from the Love Boat wound up to be a member of the United States House of Representatives from the state of Iowa. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he was cute. I had a crush on Gopher. So really? did I. Gopher was cute. But can you define, and I was going to ask you this, can you define what the purser is? I think it's like a uh, lieutenant, somebody that does what the captain needs done. Like a, like um, like an executive errand boy? Like an executive yeah. gopher, if you will. Yeah, well, there's the name Gopher. There you go. He was the yeah. gopher. Duh. Right, right? exactly, the gopher. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, 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 sorry. I mean, it's just one of those things that's so obvious we missed it, right? I know, because I was always like, yo, man, purser, what? It says their purser aboard a yacht is responsible for financial management and administration of the vessel under the captain's directive. So just someone, yeah, the gopher. Which gave him experience to run for the House of Representatives of the state of Iowa. So there you go. Yeah, well, yeah, that's basically on his resume. They were like, oh, you were a yo, man, purser. And yo, then, man. Yo, man, what's up? <laughs> and speaking of uh, people that might have said, yo, man, what's up? It's Ted Lange as Isaac Washington, the bartender. Ted Lange. The, Ted, the, Lange. Ted Lange. With his signature little wink and point. Yeah. Ted I La- loved him. And it, it seems that Isaac has continued to live on. He is, in, in so many shows in pop culture, you always see him pop up. And he's usually playing the same character. He may not be named Isaac. But he's doing the same kind of thing. It's almost like tying everything back to the six degrees of separation of love boat, right? Everything mm-hmm. connects right back to it. So <laughs> yeah. so what did you think of Isaac the bartender, Courtney? Love Isaac. Isaac was like probably the most likable character on the ship. First of all, he had the booze. Second of all, he gave good advice. 
and he was always helping everybody. He was a very selfless character, mm-hmm. and uh, I I loved that. In fact, I just saw the one the other day I was watching with Barnard Hughes, who <laughs> will forever be the grandfather in The Lost Boys. Too many damn vampires. Yeah. But, uh, I love him, and he played like this, you know, like a Captain Kangaroo type, and David Faustino was a little kid, and his dad had just died, and he was on the boat, and sad, and Isaac remembered Uncle Joey from when he was a kid, that was Barnard Hughes' character, Mm -hmm. and um, it was just a really warm, sweet episode, it was very touching, and uh, and, and, uh, I thought thought that was the perfect character to play that part, to drive that story. Because mm-hmm. because Isaac was just the most I think selfless one, and he he only got into trouble if Gopher dragged him into it. Yeah, those two would get into trouble. Isaac was always quick with a wink, a drink, mm-hmm. and some pithy and witty advice. Susie, your thoughts on Isaac? Well, I always knew something bad was happening when Isaac was upset because Isaac always was just super cool always positive so when Isaac was upset when he didn't have that look of satisfaction on his face I knew we were heading into some bad dramatic territory yes Uh, I thought he was the comfort factor of the show you're right Courtney he had the booze I also I always found it troubling anytime there was an attractive woman of color on the show it automatically Isaac got that chick like the (laughs) Janet did you see I just was watching I was refreshing and I was watching the Janet Jackson episode. Yes, that Janet was Janet Jackson awful. and Isaac have a whole romance in in Scandinavia and Telly Savalas is on the boat and drinking yeah, they, tonic water and and they scam Isaac and I was Yeah, like, they scam Isaac. Isaac. Didn't do it. Isaac didn't do it, but I knew she really fell in love with him cuz it's Isaac. It's I Isaac. Fell in love with Isaac. Yeah. Did she tell him to call her Miss Jackson? If he's no, nasty. She was, she was like yeah. 13. I mean, she was pretty young. That's another thing about the love boat. We, I mean, we can get back to this, but the age difference with actors, I mean, I am not judgy at all, but it's kind of funny sometimes. The pairings oh, yeah. with, it would be like, you know, like Susie and I were talking about Robert Stack and Julie. Really? Yeah. I mean, come on. He was like 70 at that point, right? He's He was 157 years old, and Julie was like 22. It was mm-hmm. yeah. so awkward. And then he takes her in his cabin, and he's like, I've got a surprise for you. Guess what it is? And, and he's got like one of those, you know, covers over a platter. And I wanted so bad for him to open it and go, cocaine! <laughs> when it would actually be his AARP card. Right. Yeah. No. Ex- exactly. But Actually, just... he could cut the cocaine with the AARP card. It, it it was just a little bit creepy, you know. It was mm-hmm. just a little bit creepy. But hey, you're out to see. Rules don't really apply anymore, man. Yeah, Gene Kelly can hook up with Vicky. It's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, I he guess. is a good dancer. You got to give him that. Or like Jimmy Osmond was like 17 in the episode. They're like, oh, I'm almost 18, but he's hooking up with like this 30 year old chick. Yeah. It was just weird. What was the other one that was, like, really bothering me? Oh, there, every time there's an older woman with a younger man, I'm fine with that. But she, it's always, like, much younger, like, tw- over 20 years. And she always, yeah. has a, she always has a son who's the same age as her new husband. And that is weird to me. That's the creepy factor. That's it's modern. Creepy. Yeah, it's very modern. But should they have been made to walk the plank for that offense? So No, I just think the son and the guy being the exact same age every single time they did this storyline was just... Bizarre. It, just, it was bizarre and very, very hard to believe. Right. 
just weird. So and I'm older than my husband, so I'm not judgy about that at all. I'm the last right. person. Right. So to counter out Captain Merrill Steubing, we had uh, the Doc and we had Isaac. They were kind of like everything from comic relief to the other side of the Captain, if you will. You know, lighten up, man. Enjoy this. Life is yeah. good. Right. And of course we have Lauren Tews as Julie McCoy, the cruise director from seasons one through seven, not eight, and season nine. One episode and four specials. What did we think of Julie McCoy as cruise director? Susie? Well, did, did you notice? I mean, in the, I believe, I don't, I think they stopped doing it, but she got special billing. It was like, and Lauren Tews yeah. as Julie Lloyd. Was was Lauren Tews established before the show came on? Because no. That's like Joan, I mean, that's Joan Collins on Dynasty billing. I mean, right. that they were right. really grooming her to be a star. Julie got every hunky dude that came on the boat. I mean, it's just, I liked watching her progress. I mean, this is sad, but it was it was sad and interesting to watch her towards the later seasons as she evolved. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit manic. Then we, yeah. Yeah. Now, didn't she run in, didn't, didn't the actress herself run into some problems? Yes. She oh, yeah. She had a terrible yeah. cocaine problem. She had a horrible cocaine problem and it was pretty obvious in later seasons you could tell i mean you're like whoa julie uh-huh. yeah. julie's off julie looks julie looks like she hasn't slept in a week or she was flick, flicking her fingers you could see yeah, her like, like yeah like picking at her invisible cuticles and like <laughs> and no. doing the jaw thing like but she sounds oh, yeah the jaw. remember the jaw thing that i should do the jaw thing you? yeah she yeah that's the sound she'd make but you wouldn't now, she was replaced by Pat Collis as Judy McCoy, Julie's sister and successor as cruise director in seasons eight and nine. So this was around the uh, the powdered donuts uh, cocaine time, right? Yeah. Yeah, she got fired. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, the, the, the cute little cherub herself, Jill Willen as Vicki Steubing, the captain's daughter, seasons three through nine, and four specials and the made-for-TV movie, plus a guest star appearance in season two, episode eight. So what did you think of Vicki Steubing, Susie? Well, I always worried about Vicky. I worried about little Vicky on this boat where everyone's doing it constantly <laughs> and having random anonymous, you know, ship sex. Um, she had no friends her, of her of her own age. I mean, you know, it was like automatic. Anybody that was under eighteen was like d- designated to be like her playmate, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. who was teaching her? Who? Where was her mother figure? Out Do doing you think cocaine. she drank on the boat? I want to know what was going on with Vicky. Mm-hmm. I were I were, my general feeling towards Vicky was concerned. But she was well, cute. I think it was like fantasy. She was kind of like a fantasy character for young kids too. It's like I want to live on a boat and not go to school and stay out till ten thirty. Yeah, and party with all these people that that work hard and play hard too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like what whatever like young male celebrity came on the boat would always like be her best friend or fall in love with her. I'm like, this is the life. Did they ever have her crushing on like uh, let's say Adam Rich or somebody from that time period? The last one I saw was Jimmy Osmond. Jimmy Osmond. And then this other actor, I can't think of his name, but he was in the movie Heathers. He was one of the football players that they murdered. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's got big blue eyes, brown Yeah, hair. he was in summer school. What's, I know who you're yes. talking about. Yeah. Yes. I can't think of his name, but him. That was her. He was her love interest. And oh, then and the, then the uh, Matthew Labrateau or whatever. The, mm-hmm. I've never had the guy from Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, good call. It seemed like this next guy... 
always popped up in TV series, and he's done it a few times. Uh, he's been named somebody who, when a show jumps the shark, this is when this actor tends to appear. But <laughs> <laughs> we're talking uh, about the famous Ted McKinley as Ashley Ace Covington. Covington. Yeah, he was the ship's photographer. Yeah, kiss of death. Yeah, because he was on Happy Days and later Married with Children. I remember there is a scene on Married with Children where he was talking to Al and he said, Yes, Captain. I mean, Fonzie. I mean, yes, Al. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Ashley Covington Evans, as soon as he set foot on the ship, Gopher and the Doc, you know, of course that's the one where they have two hot blondes as their dates Mm -hmm. for the week, you know, and they're always walking around in bikinis. No... There's no beach covers on the love boat. There's no, no, no. It's it's Audrey Landers in a bikini. Exactly. There's no sarongs. There's no throwovers. Exactly. It's Audrey Landers in a bikini. <laughs> which to me, <laughs> Judy which, and Audrey Landers in bikinis. Like, <laughs> listen, I'm telling you, as a guy that was like 12, 14, 16 years old, that was must see television. Oh, I'm sure. Those oh yeah. Be- it was like this. Yeah, be you know between. Uh, Daisy Dukes over on Dukes of Hazard, Wonder Woman, and Charlie's Angels, and Love Boat. I was, I would never leave my room. No, there was a <laughs> yeah. lot. There was a lot of almost nudity on the Love Boat because of the, the way fashion was at the time, mm-hmm. and women didn't wear bras or they wore those low-cut tops that just barely covered their boob. Yeah, I mean, it, it was full side boob. I've seen so much side boob on the Love Boat; it's unbelievable. And yeah. that. They wouldn't show that. Things got tighter in the 80s, is yeah. what I'm saying. You, you want to know what's happening right now, Courtney. People are now diving to Netflix and Hulu going, damn it, why isn't this show on here? Where's some side boob? Yeah, a bunch of you guys know, are like, I need some Audrey Landers side boob now. Or the, gr- the girl from... Stat. Um, That's from a good band Hulu. name. <laughs> Audrey Landers uh, side boob? Yeah. Yeah, there no, you go. She's making a joke. It's from Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. It is? Yeah, the name of the band is the guy's band is Sideboob. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I like Audrey Landers Sideboob. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I thought you did. Oh no, that's funny. I don't remember that. Is that is so weird that you mm-hmm. said that. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah Audrey Landers <laughs> Sideboob is better though. <laughs> there are three people that are the only cast members to appear in every episode of this series, including the last three made for TV movies. Would you like to guess as who they are? Yes. All right, your guess, Courtney. My guess. Wait, they they appeared in the in the TV movies pre-show. Yes. Also? Yes. Okay, so I'm going with Ted Lange, Fred Grandy, and Gavin. You missed okay. out. You you said Gopher, so Gopher was not one of them. Susie, would oh. you like to guess? Well, I'm going to say you need a doctor, you need a captain, and you need a bartender. You have just won the game. Thank you. Yeah, those were the only three people to survive the whole thing. You don't Uh, need a yeoman purser? (laughs) (laughs) I know, I need a yeoman purser. But Fred Grandy's gopher was in every episode throughout the run of the series, but not in the last of the TV movies. So there you go. Interesting. Interesting. It seemed like there was the three stories that were going on all the time. One was usually more lighthearted than the others. One was a little bit more tragic. Mm-hmm. How do you think that that worked? You know. Yeah, the write- the writers' room for Love Boat is an interesting process. I've wondered about. Yeah, 
there's usually what three set three or four segments and they all have different writers and then who who how they get tied in together is interesting usually at the captain's table yeah because one of them is really kind of wacky straight ahead goofy comedy then one more romantic and one kind of sad yeah 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 and it's weird because it was also one of the shows that uh, had a laugh track that was an hour-long television series. When you think about it, that's kind of bizarre. Yeah. Like, Eight is Enough was one of them, right? But not a lot of the... Like, for example, you didn't have on Little House on the Prairie, you know, Pod breaks a wheel on the the, the cart and everybody starts laughing at him. You know, it it wasn't that way. Right. No. Yeah, the laugh track on the Love Boat. And then there's always that one guy... Like kind of trails at the end, and it's just like I wonder if that guy hears himself on the laugh track, and he's just like, yeah. "That's me." Did you ever notice on Taxi that there was one that was always going ha huh? ha? Huh? <laughs> I don't. I know. It, like my whole life, it's distracted me. There's always this one guy on the taxi laugh track. Ha! Huh? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I digress. We got, no, no, we got to find that. That's hilarious. I know. Taxi laugh track. It's got to be out there somewhere. Now, the Love Boat theme song, which promised us that love was exciting and new. Not just exciting, but and new. What did you think of it, Susie? I thought it was really, it was an inviting song. I, it When I hear it now, it's like a trigger and I almost cry with sentimental feelings. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was um, on a friendly shore. I thought it was a friendly show and it, I always thought that was really cute that they were saying that the show was friendly. <laughs> It's an open that's smile cute. on a friendly show. And I was like, that's so cute. And it would make me feel happy as a kid. So a so, misheard lyric there. Yeah, yeah, I mean. <laughs> but I thought, the sh- I thought the song was catchy. And I like that they kept the same song. They just kind of changed the speed. They just yeah. changed the beat, you know. Yeah, it was just, it was like eight minutes long. It was too long. How, how rich is that guy, I wonder? Let me... Well, actually, the lyrics were written by Paul Williams and music oh. by Charles Fox. Of course it was Paul Williams. Yeah, he wrote everything in the 70s at some point. He did. Point. Yeah. He wrote everything. Well, I was going to say that at the beginning of the Love Boat, they didn't have the hero shots when they, when they showed who the guest stars were. And they just had the, you know, the, the circle of, like, you know, the, the window, whatever. Right. And then the port the window. Name. Right. Yeah. And just the name. And then uh, when they started doing the hero shots, I, that that was my favorite part. I always wanted to see, like, who was going to do the, <laughs> hello. Yeah. Hi. Yes. And who, who, me? Oh, come on. You know? <laughs> I, those are the best hero shots in all of television. It's like the opening credits of The Love Boat. And the best ever is when Lillian Gish. Actually, I made it my profile picture for a while <laughs> because I just <laughs> couldn't believe how unhappy she was to be on the love boat. When she was like her, 300 years old. She, she was literally 300. And when they did her hero shots, she was not smiling. She looked furious mm-hmm. and is like staring straight ahead. So. <laughs> Looking at it right now. I remember when that was your. <laughs> well, she might've thought that the show was wrapped and you mean, I have to do this last bit before I can leave. Yeah. I don't exactly. think she, knew where she was. I think she didn't know where the hell she was. Now, as far as the Love Boat theme song, it was sung by Jack Jones, except for the last season where a cover version by Dionne Warwick was used. That's right. That's right. The song has been recorded and released commercially by Charo. Yeah, see. Back April. In, in 1978. 
2001. So there you go. When did Amanda Lear do it? In 2001. She sounds like Count Dracula in this. This is just horrible. Horrible. As far as how the show did in the ratings, let's check this out. The first seven years, The Love Boat was very successful. During that time, it ranked among the top 20 and even top 10. For the 1980-81 to seasons, it posted its highest rating at number 5. By the beginning of the 84 and 85 season, the ratings were beginning to drop, and at the end of the following year, The Love Boat was canceled after nine years on ABC. And it spawned four three-hour specials during the 86 and 87 season. So even though someone said, let's kill this thing, it kept coming back, right? Yeah. 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 Just could not sink the love boat. No, even when they got rid of Julie and they had Julie's, was it Julie's cousin or am I thinking? Her sister. Company? Was it her sister? Yeah, her sister, Phil, took over the role. And what was the sister's name? I forget. Judy, Judy. McCoy. Played by, by Pat Klaus. She was Julie's sister and successor as the cruise director in seasons eight and nine. She was beautiful, but she wasn't as funny as Lauren Twos. Like, she, she, Lauren Twos was funny. Like, I thought she was, right. she had some great comedy. But she and didn't have the shakes either. That drug will ruin your life. And, yeah. You know, I have a lot of friends in recovery that are so glad that it didn't, you know. Yeah. You know, got but, there before it was too late. But she survived and came back and... You know, she did. thank God. So there you go. She did. She, she did. Julie Lloyd came back. Now, let's talk about some of the crossovers. A 1979 episode of another Aaron Spelling TV series, Charlie's Angels, had yes. that show's character attempting to recover a stolen statue while aboard the Pacific Princess on a Caribbean cruise. All of the Love Boat regulars had cameo appearances as well. So, yes, yes that actually happened. It did. And you know how I mentioned how the love boat was the good side and Fantasy Island the evil? Well, yes. in 1982, the love boat goes to Fantasy Island was a 90-minute back-to-back episode of each show. The episode started on the love boat, and the guest stars finished on Fantasy Island. Wow. Well, so really quickly, David Doyle, who played Bosley on Charlie's Angel, he was on the love boat all yeah. the time. Yep. Yep. He was on like more than anyone else. Do we know who the most guest star roles were played? Well, it's probably Charo. I guess Charo or Bert. Bert Convy was on quite a bit. 
Oh, God, don't get me started with Burt Convy. I know, I know. I love Courtney Burt has Convy. a crush on Burt Convy. Convy's a trigger for Courtney. I love him and his perfect hair. What a shame. <laughs> he was such a likable guy. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, he was... Sorry, I love Burt Convy. Gene Kelly was on a few Gene, times, I think. I loved the Gene Kelly episodes when they go to Hong Kong because he's wearing so much makeup. He has, like, <laughs> His cheeks are all pink and he's all dapper and he's doing like I like when the old Hollywood like like MGM like studio stars went on Love Boat to make oh, cat and try to best. be relevant because they'd act like they were shooting a big movie mm-hmm. and they had so much makeup on. <laughs> Isaac, bring me another one of those margaritas, would you? Isaac, bring me Thank a fucking stormy, please. You're swell. <laughs> You're just a swell fella. And he'd come over and do that thing with his hands. Yeah, you go. Yep. <laughs> Now, you want an answer to your question? How many? Yes. First yes. off, there were 552 guest stars on Love Boat. Wow. Coming in tied for second place as the most guest appearances on the Love Boat is Charles and Florence Henderson with 10 appearances each. Wow. Hmm. Okay. The number one most appearances on the Love Boat belongs to Mrs. C. Marion Ross. Oh, wow. With a whopping 14 guest appearances on Love Boat, playing more than one character. However, one of those characters eventually married Captain Steubing. Oh, I didn't realize she married Captain Steubing. Right. Mrs. C became Mrs. S. Yeah. And you know what? She's a good character actress. She is. She's great. So I believe that. And you know what? Every time she was on, I liked her. I always thought she was kind of cute, too. She's a very pretty lady. I'll tell you the most underrated hot mom was uh, the the woman from Little House on the Prairie. When oh, it, Carol. Yeah, whenever Caroline? Carol. Yeah, whenever Caroline would put that hair down, he he was getting his reward. That was his pa special. Knew. It, yeah, Pa knew. Pa knew this was going to happen. Yeah, oh, you know who was really hot in TV that not a lot of people were into, but I was. I had a poster of him. I had a huge crush on him. Was Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? It was right next to my Willie Ames poster and my Scott Bayo. I was waiting for you to mention Willie Ames. Um, oh, yeah. Well, Ames was great on Love Boat. That was my profile picture for a while on I Facebook know. with Willie Ames on Love Boat. Susie would add to whatever she's writing on Twitter. Susie's very funny. And whatever she, I mean, I don't have to tell you that. You can hear that for yourselves. Mm-hmm. But whatever she would post on Twitter or Facebook, she would always have a hashtag Willie Ames. But then your sister started telling me that Willie Ames was going to kill me. She's like, Willie Ames is going to find you and kill you. You're mocking him. You're mocking him. And then I got scared and I stopped. That was so funny. But I was like hoping he would respond. Yeah, I know. I've tweeted at him a few times. He ignored me. He's on a, you know, he's working on a cruise ship now. No. Or he was. Yeah. Really? He was doing some sort of entertainment cruise thing. Wow. But the other day while doing research for the show, I saw a picture of the guy from Chips, Larry Wilcox, with Catherine Bach from Dukes of Hazzard. And to me, that just summed up everything I needed to know about the love boat, because it was you would have this weird nexus point where all of entertainment was meeting. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it it was weird. Like, all the Charlie's Angels people at some point had to be on Love Boat. Well, all Aaron Spelling's anybody. It was like Battle of the Network Stars, you know? It was was a who's who. But I loved it when it would be like, it would be be like 
somebody like Shecky Green and then like Olivia de Havilland. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Juliet Mills and Buddy Hackett. They yeah. were a couple. <laughs> yeah. They were a couple. That's yeah. kind of freaky. Yes. Well, you n- and- you never underestimate a funny guy, right? No, or the, another one that killed me was Bur- Milton Berle and Martha Ray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the best is when the real couples were on the show and watching them act with each other, like Meredith Baxter Burney and. But anyway, they were Meredith Baxter Burney and David Burney. David Burney, and they played a couple, and um, Parker Stevenson, who was so gorgeous, and Kirstie Alley. They were a, a couple on the Love Boat, and they were married in real life. Betty White. Yeah. And Alan Ludden. Yes. And Stiller and Mira were on a few times. Yes, and Stiller and Mira. Including one where Corey Feldman, who is my my is in one of my favorite episodes, but not this oh. one, where he played their son. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, earlier we were talking about jumping a shark. At what point do you feel that the love boat jumped a shark, Courtney? The mermaids. The mermaids. When they, when they added the mermaids, yeah. Courtney, please tell us who the mermaids were and what that was all about. Well, the mermaids were the variety dancing, singing girls. Oh, yeah. And one of them went on to fame and fortune because uh, it was Terry Hatcher. Terry Mm -hmm. Hatcher was one of the mermaids. Right. But but it was like, you know, if they couldn't get a guest star on, like the Village People or Sonny Bono or Jimmy, you know, Osmond or whoever they would have as a musical guest, they would use the mermaids. To fill that slot. And then it just became the mermaids were just the musical number dance portion of the show. And they would do covers. Yeah. Horribly. And it was kind of like they were running on fumes. So it's almost a budgetary kind of thing. Right. I mean, the dancing was good and the costumes were good. But the covers and like the musical arrangements, their version of I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. is just that's the only one that's really up here. It's just awful.
it's almost like if they would have brought the solid gold dancers on every week. But but like bad. Right, right, right. <laughs> now, the most unusual guest stars, I'm going to pick the Village People and Sonny Bono's Deacon Dark and the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. That was... <laughs> Now, did they have them falling in love with, like, the Harlem Globetrotters or another sports team? Like, here's Wisconsin's fencing team is going to fall in love with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Like, there's eight from each people. Did they do anything like that? Or they mm. never quite worked that out? Who, I don't know. Susie, who would you feel are some of the most bizarre guests? Well, I, I thought Halston, I, when they did the International Festival of Fashion, which uh -huh. is one of my favorite episodes, and Halston <laughs> came on, and it was all the fashion designers, like Gloria Vanderbilt and Jeffrey Bean, and it was, and then Halston comes, and he's just surrounded by models, and he's totally on coke, and he's kind of doing like a little, there's one scene where he does like a little wink at Isaac, but he's pretending that he's traveling with these beautiful women, like, I pack light. I, to me, Halston on Love Boat, and they show him in the, you know, in the opening, it was just Halston. I thought mm -hmm. that was amazing. That Very was bizarre. Line. Very bizarre. Yeah. Courtney? Donald O'Connor. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Donald O'Connor, who I was super excited. I thought, you know, we would see. I, he's been on a few times. Right. But this one particular one, he plays a a, a seal trainer, mm -hmm. and he and he does a show with with a seal. That whole episode and was bizarre. It was so disturbing. Susie, did you you discuss this with Je Jessica? Is my sister, by the way. If we refer to Jessica, that's my sister, um, who is uh, who Susie um, and my sister are very close. We were all watching the Love Boat when it came on Pop, the network Pop that was on for a while, mm -hmm. and we would watch and we'd have like Love Boat chats over some wine. <laughs> yeah. This was a real thing that we would do. And so um, it was called the Seal of Approval. Here it is with Donald O'Connor. And the seal got jealous because he fell in love. As seals will do sometimes. Right. Exactly. And her name was Shirley. And in the middle of the ocean, Shirley commits suicide <laughs> and jumps off the ship. And as we're watching, we're just like, this is not happening they can't show this this is so disturbing well of course they get back to port and they're like she jumped off and swam all the way to my house in malibu and it's like no she didn't she did not that's one but. of those old stories where you hear about the family moving and the seal gets left behind and he <laughs> all cross country to find them and they're reunited in the station wagon in wyoming right exactly. it's one of those tr classic seal stories Oh uh, my god! Yeah, that was also that was the one with Jeffrey Tambor because Jeffrey Tambor yeah. was on doing guest stars on every show in that period, and he wasn't a name though. He was just like that kind of weird looking bald man. Yeah, it's the one with Lillian Gish. Yeah, Lillian Gish and mm -hmm. Florence Henderson. That's a good one. It is the a seal, really good one. <laughs> the seal Shirley. So maybe instead of jumping <laughs> the shark, they may have jumped this the this the seal, right? Yeah, jumped the seal. The seal Shirley got her SAG card for yeah. that. Episode. Right. And then Jeffrey Tambor and Florence Henderson have been a married couple forever, and she's telling him that it's okay. she's got cancer and she's dying, and she wants him to find a new wife before she dies. So yeah. the whole time on the ship, she's, like, trying to find him someone. And he, and then, of course, at the end, he's like, why am I wasting my time? I want to spend the time with you, you know. Hey, now. Hey, now. Um, so, yes, it's very, very sweet. So that's that's the love boat. I mean, and the thing is, is that it... it, it has never left our pop culture 
consciousness. You know what I'm saying? There was a two-part 1996 Martin episode called Going Overboard that had the main characters going on a cruise and encountering Isaac, Julie, Doc, and Vicky. Isaac Washington also appeared in a 2005 episode of Kings of Queens called The Blacklist. And in 1990, a TV reunion movie, The Love Boat, A Valentine Voyage, appeared on CBS. But that was not the end of The Love Boat. Okay. Love Boat, The Next Wave, which aired on the UPN from 1998 to 1999, surfaced. And it was a second TV series, Love Boat, The Next Wave, appeared on UPN with Robert Urich as Captain Jim Kennedy, a retired United States Navy officer, Phil Morris as Chief Purser Will Sanders, and Heidi Mark as a cruise director, Nicole Jordan. So there you go. Hey, hang on. Can I jump in really quick? Yeah. I just, I forgot to mention something. Donald O'Connor's love interest, the reason why Shirley killed herself, mm-hmm. so we thought, yeah. was over was over Georgia Engel. Oh. Yes. How perfect is she to fall in love with on the love boat with the sweet, <laughs> sweet voice? Yeah. yeah. I don't think she could have lived with the guilt of the seal killing no. himself. No. lived with the seal, too. Susie, go for it, man. Do it again. <laughs> no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Why can't we have the seal? The three of us can be a modern couple. We could live together. Wait, let me try it. I think we could fall in love with that seal. <laughs> oh, and wow. We all be together. Oh, my God. <laughs> Courtney, <laughs> Courtney, I- I'm going to have you call me late at night. I've got a prepared script. It's going to be fun. What? Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say. It's time to go to bed now, Ken. Ken, yeah, it's time for bed. Georgia <laughs> Now, if you make it a little like, uh, put a little wetness in it, like like this kind of a thing, that'd oh, be no, really she hot. She does. She You're does. Going now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good episode too. When it's like Ann Miller and Carol Channing. And- Carol Channing was always a hoot. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, with her. And Betty White as the former, like, Broadway, yeah. you know, duo. And they do that wherever we go, yeah. you know, from, gotta go uh, through from it Gypsy. Yeah. And it, yes. And Susie and I love musicals, so our heads exploded at that. We're yeah. like, oh, my God, they're doing Gypsy. Oh, my God. The Love Boat, the next wave may not have taken off, but there was an episode entitled Reunion, which was a reunion-themed episode including the cast members of the original Love Boat, Captain Stuving, uh, the Doc, and Isaac, Vicky, and Julie McCoy. The episode revealed that Julie and Doc had been in love all along. Oh! See what you've missed? So, well, the relationship with Gopher, they tried that, and it just did not work out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Gopher wasn't sexual. They tried to, and it just never worked. Yeah. Am I sexual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why I did that. Please forgive me. Yeah. Am I the gopher one? Isaac's got all the booze we need. He's gonna rock you right now, everybody. Side boob. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so here's the the big question. I often think about pop culture and how things go, and would this work today? 
No, seriously, this is the kind of stuff that goes through my head. That's funny that you say that. But seriously, (laughs) I look at a lot of TV shows, like, for example, and I use this all the time, Three's Company, if they tried to do it again today, it really wouldn't work because there's nothing that's taboo anymore, right? Right. No one would care. Yeah. Oh, somebody's gay? Who cares? Oh, they're living together. Who cares? So that's one thing that necessarily would not work. Would the love boat sail today? Would it sink or sail? Sail! As long as it's a longer cruise. The cruise would have to be much longer than five to seven days because I don't believe let's get married at the end of five days. I just don't. Um, yeah, there's some logistical things, and we're in such an analytical world now where it's either it's either really, really realistic and logical or it's like Game of Thrones fantasy. Uh-huh. So I feel like, I also feel like there's like, with the same with Three's Company, there's kind of like a pre-AIDS, pre-bad things vibe where everybody was kind of loving freely. So I don't know if it would work. I mean, it would, I love the concept of it. And I love that there were network stars on it. You know, I I love that idea of all the random people, but I don't know. Here's one of the problems I see with it being a success. Are you waiting for that episode where Billy the Exterminator is dating one of the hot housewives of Beverly Hills? Are we going Uh, to see that special Duck Dynasty episode? I hope not. If we did have the love boat today, who would you want to be guest stars? I mean, think about it. We've got everybody from Justin Timberlake. He could pop on. And Hugh Jackman, right? Yeah. The I cast guess. of Friends. They could do a Friends reunion on the love boat. So maybe it could work, you know. You know, have the monkeys on there. Mickey and Peter. Oh, that'd be yeah. great. You know Gene Simmons would weasel his way in there some way. Oh, Gene yeah. Simmons should be the captain. Good evening. <laughs> Welcome to the love boat. I'm Gene Simmons of the rock group Kiss, and I'm your captain of the love boat. <laughs> Welcome no, you know to what? the he sex deck. Because you just sleep with every single guest star, and then yeah. it get boring. So who, Susie, would you like to see? I mean, you got everybody from Ray Barone. You could put him on there. Oh, gosh. On Love Boat now, God, I would, I'd love to see like them get like pop stars in there, you know, like One Direction or like... You yeah. know, some, some some boy band, like, trying to act. And then maybe some old TV stars, like, I, I just, re- I was going to say Doris Roberts, but she's dead. <laughs> well, if they could get if Doris they Roberts. Could, maybe a hologram. Good. That's a thing that's happening now. What so. they could do, like, Tupac's hologram right. and uh, Prince William. Now, you know? we know that Snoop, Snoop Dizzle, Snoop Dogg himself, would be uh, special. Maybe he could be the new Isaac. No, do you know? No, but he no. Just, he just gets everyone high instead. Yeah, he'd be like, right. he'd be like, hey, little man, I got something for you. <laughs> In the dispensary dizzle part of the boat. Yeah, no, they'd, no, they'd the be smoking. Captain, I just figured it out. You know who the new captain? Who's the be? new captain? Scott Bakula. Yes. <laughs> How great would he be? I think I'm we have a winner. Bakula into this at some point, Courtney. I love me some Bakula. She I loves Bakula. I. I definitely think Scott Bakula would be a great captain or for Larry the new D. Love Boat. <laughs> Larry David. He would be a great guest. Captain, like I don't know, it's kind of cold out. He would be a great guest, but so the three of us give the concept of the Love Boat three thumbs up that it could float again. So if somebody's looking for an idea of a show that could be revived, this one might be a winner, right? 
Yeah, and Jill Whalen could come back and play the cruise director because apparently she needs a job right now. What if she was the captain? We'd get modern. We've got a oh. female ship captain. She followed in her father's footsteps. There you go. That would be. That would be now awesome. I'm on board. Now I'm a, a, on board on the friendly show. I'm. I'm, I'm still. Awesome. I'm still going on. The, Bacula is, is my pick. That just that was inspired. I do like Bacula. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's nothing saying that she can't be on the ship though either. So. No, of course not. She could be, you know, the second in charge. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Because someone's got to drive and someone's got to deal with the passengers, you know, falling in love and breaking up and having sex all over the place. And by the way, no one on the love boat ever locked their door. Never. No. No locks. Always open. But I kind of like the idea of Scott Bakula. NBC, you need a show. Come on. Let's get with it. Let's get with it. So, three thumbs up to the Love Boat. We hope that you enjoyed our discussion of Love Boat. Let us know your thoughts in this episode's thread. Tell us what you loved about it, what you what you thought was weird, and what you didn't like about it. We, we are looking forward to your opinion. And now we've reached the time in our show, before we say goodbye, where we ask the folks what's popping in their world. Courtney Cronin Dold, what's popping this week with you somebody just played me the new cheap trick song and that was very exciting
it's definitely popping in my world, that's for sure. I know, you must be freaking out. Oh, I'm freaking out big time, and I got a bunch of cool stuff in the mail today. I got some Pot of Thunder sunglasses from the folks over at the Pot of Thunder podcast. Hello, guys. Love your show. And I got a bunch of Cersei Link music as well. It was very cool, very neat. And on top of that, a new Cheap Trick song. This is a good day to be Ken Mills, right? Hell yeah. Plus, I'm talking to you lovely, beautiful women. So there you go. Susie, other than yeah. being asked to be on Pop, what's popping yeah. in your world? Oh, gosh, you guys. I don't know. I, I wasn't prepared. But um, I'm excited to be on the show. And what's popping in my world is I'm very reality TV based. Mm. So I'm I'm in I'm on that planet and I'm kind of I'm having like a day today where I'm going to just watch my stories. Your stories. And things at home. Yeah. Yeah, that's popping. Is that sad? Is that a bad answer? No, no. What the the what popping segment can no. be anything from like uh I just I'm really insecure about what's popping in my world. No, don't feel insecure. <laughs> Whatever you enjoy. I don't care if it's an old show or a new show or a song or a movie and you want people to check it out. Check it out. All right. Well, I, one thing I will say that's popping for me is the new Goldfrap album, which I've been obsessed with. That is actually popping in my world, but that's just me. Well, let's play a little bit of that right now. What song would you recommend? Play Tiger Man. That's about me, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, a, it's the Ballad of Ken. The Ballad of Ken. Tiger, Tiger Man. Man. Tiger Man. And I need to <laughs> shave really bad right now. I, I have my uh, my goatee, which is dark, right? But the, the rest of my face is, is uh, gray hair. I don't want to talk about it too much. But uh, Christine asked me something about it, and I said, well, it, 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 it's not so much whiskers. It just looks like cobwebs. So I'm all furry right now. So I am Tiger Man. Nice. I own that. Tiger Man. Forever. Forever. 
And the name of that band was? Goldfrapp. Goldfrapp. G-O-L-D-F-R-A-P-P. That sounds like a, a James Bond villain. The yes. Goldfrapp. Maybe, yeah, he's, maybe he has frappuccinos made out of gold. Yeah, oh, maybe. that sounds good. Gold she has a pretty Frapp. voice. She has a pretty voice. Well, definitely. We check out Goldfrapp and their song "Tiger Man." And yeah, it's my. It's been my ballad for a couple weeks now. And and what album's that off of? Um, something with an S. Something with an S. <laughs> Seriously, that's the name of it, or? No, no, it's a oh. new album. It's Silver Eye. Silver Eye. So off the album Silver Eye by Goldfrapp, Tiger Man. Yeah. Very good. We like to turn people on to things that are popping in our world because. Oh. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's made nowadays that you just don't get to check out. And I'd also like to mention, check out Cersei Link's brand new album. Oh. Check it out. It's very good. And we love Cersei and Christian. Some really good people. And the album is called Enchanted Objects and cool. Ordinary Things. And they're going to stop by at some point and do some songs for us. So that'll be cool. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. Cool. So we look forward to that. So let us know what's popping in your world, and we want to thank you, Susie, for being on the show. And where can people find you and give all Thanks. your social media stuff and all that? Oh, sure. Gosh, I'm Susie Henschel on Twitter. I have a podcast called Daddy Love Me. Um, it's very and have, funny. And I podcast. have a web series called Infinity and Betsy, which is on YouTube and on Facebook. It's a li- it's a daily life coach mantra. Mm-hmm. A life coach and her tweaker neighbor. It's under yeah. a minute every day. That's hilarious, too. I recommend that one highly. Yeah, thank Very you fun. for having me, guys. I love your podcast. It's hilarious and interesting. I've learned a lot. Well, thank you. Courtney's hilarious. I'm the interesting one. But I'm not sure that it's, like, interesting good, right? It's interesting I, awesome. Oh, okay. I disagree with you, Tiger Man. Oh. <laughs> I'm in love. I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. Come on, Tiger Man. Let's take the seal for a walk. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, you actually could do the voice for Bernadette on The Big Bang Theory. Oh, <laughs> maybe. No, Bernadette. you could. No, I'm saying that you could be her. Like, if we were making an animated episode of The Big Bang Theory, you could, like, sub as her voice. Yeah, she's a little bit higher. There you go. Yeah. Oh my God! I need you to do this. Is Bernadette from the Big Bang Theory, and you're listening to Pop, a pop culture podcast. Okay, right now. Yeah. This is Bernadette from the Pop Culture Podcast. No, wait. Start again. <laughs> this is Bernadette from the Big Bang Theory. Hi, this is Bernadette from the Big Bang Theory, and you're listening to Pop, the Pop Culture Podcast. Celebrity voices impersonate. Oh my God, people will believe that. So we want to thank you for listening to Pop today. Let us know your thoughts on the Facebook page or drop us an email. Check us out on all the social media stuff. And pay attention to the commercials after the credits because we've, we've got some friends we'd like you to know about. We want to thank you for listening. On behalf of myself, Courtney Cronin-Dold, and the lovely Susie Henschel, we want to thank you for popping in today and enjoying some pop. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 That was painless, right? That was fun. Okay. <laughs> and that's our show. Pop is an online, nonprofit pop culture audio fanzine made for fans by fans. Any samples of music, TV, or movies heard here remain the property of their owners. Pop, a pop culture podcast, is not affiliated with any products we review or discuss. 
Opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of the POP staff. If you like something that you heard, buy it at your local record, video, or bookstores, or wherever POP is found. If you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolf, saying whatever you do, make sure it pops. We'd like you to enjoy it. We, let me start again. <laughs> okay. Well, we, we once again, we'd like to thank you. For, I'm not saying once again. Ken, stop this. Don't be this bad, Ken. You're much better than this. When I edit this all together, I'll sound cognizant. It's amazing. Say goodnight, Dick. When you want to hear the latest and newest jangle, hooky, melodic rock and roll, along with classic power pop music, you can always dial in to Rich Records Podcast, available now on iTunes. Subscribe today! And now, the Riverdale Carnival presents The Archies! Take care of the kissing booth while we're singing, Sabrina! Okay, everybody! Here we go with our new hit record! Sugar! Sugar! Archie, Jughead, Betty, and Veronica, those lovable scalawags from Riverdale that we all grew up with, are now on television, and you can enjoy their madcap adventures every... What? Archie... Archie has an affair with who? What? Who's dead? What? There's a... Oh, God. All right, so the CW has a show called Riverdale. It features our friends Archie and Jughead and Betty and Veronica and all their friends from Riverdale High School, but apparently there's some very sinister things afoot. Make sure you download Hiram's Lodge, the Riverdale after show, where comedian Tim Powers, that's me, and author Robert J. Peterson, that's him, discuss these shows as only two college-educated grown men can do. It's Hiram's Lodge, the Riverdale after show, available wherever you get your podcasts. We are Podcasters United. We are podcasters against hate, racism, and discrimination. We're using our voices to say no more. No more hate. No more racism. No more discrimination. I am Ken Mills from the Podcast. I am against racism. I am James Hager from Podcast, and I'm against racism, I'm against discrimination, and I'm against hate of any sort. I'm Christine Wolf from Zilch, a monkey's podcast. I am against hate. This is Scott Parker from the Zappacast, and I am against racism. I am against discrimination. I am against hatred, and I am against sexism, and I am in favor of love. And we are very proud to join forces with our fellow podcasters against hate. Remember, if you see something, say something. Podcasters against hate. More love. Less hate.